Morning, family. Uh, it's good to be with you this morning virtually, although not reality, and these are indeed some unique times, but uh, unique challenges often present opportunities for unique seasons of growth, and I pray that the Lord would continue to use kind of our virtual time together to deepen our connectivity. The, the reality is, is that even though we can't be together in person and we are socially distanced from one another, we want to uh, continually express our connection and our commitment to one another and uh, we hope these kind of online gatherings will help to enhance that while uh, a lot of the things that we're able to do at gospel hope we just can't do right now um, we're trying to be wise stewards and um, good citizens and looking out for our neighbors but we are committed to using these online platforms we want to we want to enhance and expand everything that we're doing virtually to really care for you in powerful ways in the next few weeks or however long this takes. So um, we're excited to be with you this morning in this form, and I'm excited to share kind of some words from the scripture with you today. We're going to round out our series, Teach Us to Pray Today, and once again, we're going to return to this idea of, of reflecting on the character of God and who he is. So the message today is simply this, our good shepherd and we're going to be looking at john chapter 10 so i know zach just prayed but let me just pause and ask for the lord's help here lord we need you uh would you speak to us today in jesus name we pray amen uh, one of the metaphors that the bible consistently uses to refer to god's people is that of sheep so you see it all throughout both the old and new testaments and the reality is this is not the most flattering of metaphors i mean sheep uh, are not able to protect themselves from predators. I mean, who's really scared of sheep? Sheep often are prone to injury. They need regular guidance. And the whole idea of us being sheep is not meant to boost up our ego, but really to show us our neediness and dependence. In reality, the idea of being sheep is to portray the fact that in the bigger scope of things, we are fairly helpless. Can you identify? Uh, as we face this pandemic, no doubt all of us feel some sense of helplessness. We can't control our health or the health of others around us. We can't control the spread of this virus. We can't control the impact that this is having on our economy or on our bank accounts. And if we contract the virus, we can't even control our recovery. This is all to powerfully remind us the reality of this, that sheep need a shepherd. And full disclosure, you know, I've been feeling pretty sheep-like these days. I just realized that I am not in control. And yet, here's the really good news from the scripture. Not only does the Bible call us sheep, it also says that we have a shepherd. And let me tell you something, he's a good one. Time and time again, the Bible calls the Lord our shepherd. Let me just share with you a couple of verses of scripture from that regard. Um, over in Ezekiel chapter 34, it says this. For this is what the Lord God says. See, I myself will search for my flock and look for them. As a shepherd looks for his sheep on that day, he is among his scattered flock. So I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from all their places where they have been scattered. And again, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 11, he, speaking of the Lord, will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Isn't that good news there? That the Lord is our tender, guiding shepherd. And the point is simply this. We can trust 
in the protection of our shepherd. Now, let's say a virtual amen right now. Amen. We can trust in the protection of our shepherd. And then you get to the New Testament. We read that passage from Ezekiel and that passage from Isaiah. And Jesus comes on the scene. And he, he picks up the mantle of the shepherd and applies the title to himself in John 10. He doesn't just say that God is our shepherd, but Jesus steps in and says, as the second person of the Trinity, I am your shepherd. And in this passage, Jesus powerfully reminds us that when life gets dangerous, we can trust in him. So I want to briefly, from John 10, just make a couple of observations about this idea that we are safe with the shepherd. When we trust in Jesus' care, we are safe with the shepherd. So why is that? Well, the first thing is this. We're safe with the shepherd because, number one, his care for us is a deeply personal protection. The passage begins like this. Look at verse number one of John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Unlike the thief and the robber, the good shepherd comes through the sheepfold at the door. This is because the shepherd knows his sheep and they know him. He does not need to sneak up on them. He, they recognize him and they are not afraid. In those days, it was fairly common for several sh shepherds to put all their flocks in one sheep pen at night. And the way that the shepherd would lead them out is he would come to the door of the sheep pen and he would call out his sheep by name and they would follow him out. Jesus' point is straightforward. He knows his sheep intimately. He even goes so far that he calls them out by name. Here's what that means. We can trust in Jesus' protection because to him you are not simply a face in the crowd. You're not a statistic. You're not a number on a spreadsheet. Jesus knows you intimately. Hear this, church. The good shepherd knows your name. The good shepherd knows your name. This is a tremendous comfort because all we, as we hear these massive statistics and these global projections, it can be easy for all to feel a bit lost. Can it not? You know, you just think about the scope of what this thing might be and the impact that it can have on nations and economies and even all your, uh, our whole world. And yet, Yet, child of God, the Lord knows all your particular fears. He knows every one of the unique pressures that you are experiencing. He knows the range of emotions that is running through your heart. He knows your name. He knows you inside and out. He knows you intimately. You are his and we are safe in him because he knows us personally. <laughs> There's a beautiful story of the shepherd's personal care at the end of the Gospel of John. After Jesus dies, some woman came to the tomb to embalm the body. And they show up there, and Jesus, of course, is risen at that point. And Mary Magdalene, uh, grieving, distraught, as you would be, just put yourself in that position. Your hope, the one you thought was your savior, the one you thought was the king, you the one you thought who was going to rescue you had died. And there you are at the tomb grieving and mourning his death. 
And then she turns around and there's this gardener there. She doesn't recognize that it's Jesus. And so what does Jesus do? What is wrong with huh? Jesus said to her, Mary. It's as simple as that. He says her name. He speaks her name to her. Look, I don't know what's going on in your heart right now, but Jesus does. And he's saying, your name. Look, I know you. I'm here. I'm with you. I can trust you. You can trust me. I don't know what your fears are. I don't know what you're going through exactly, but Jesus knows your name. One of the deepest longings of the human heart is to be known and loved. And this is why it is such a precious thing that the good shepherd knows his sheep. He knows them personally. He knows them by name. Child of God, take hope in this because the shepherd knows you. Number two, not only are we safe with the shepherd because of his personal care, but we're also shaped with him because of his life-giving protection. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, look at verse number seven through 10 and Jesus shifts the word picture just slightly. Look at what it says. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This time Jesus is not merely the shepherd who comes to the door. He is the door itself. So what does that mean? Jesus' point is simply this. If you want to have life, if you want to have abundant life to its fullest, there's only one way to get it, and that's coming through the door, which is him. And this is a needed reminder today. In this modern era, it can be tempting to believe that our life is found in so many different things. But the hidden blessing of this pandemic is some of those things that have been stripped away. Some of those things that we put our hopes in have been taken away from us. Abundant life. Abundant life is certainly not in the knowledge of the future. Abundant life is not in physical health. Abundant life is not in physical and in financial security. Abundant life is not even found in having a lot of options. All of these things are a blessing. But ultimately, abundant life is found in following our shepherd. Listen to this very carefully. Jesus came to protect us from the illusions of the abundant life so that he might give us the real thing. So many times we think abundant life is found in stuff or in comfort or in prestige or in security. But Jesus came to rescue from us from that illusion, from that dream world so that we might have real abundant life. Let's use this time to remember that abundant life is found in Christ and Christ alone. He is the door, and when we come through him alone, he will lead us to safe and nourishing pasture. Do you want life? Do you want abundance? Then look to it in Jesus, because that is why he came. His protection is secure because it is life-giving. Number three, Jesus gives us self sacrificing protection the abundant life that jesus offered didn't come at didn't come cheaply look at verse number 11 of john chapter 10 it simply says this i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the good shepherd is willing to do whatever it takes to bring about the welfare of a sheep has he not already done this 
What more could Jesus do to demonstrate his commitment to us than lay down his life? Listen to this concept. It's very simple. Jesus is eternally in your corner. He's not going anywhere. Jesus is for you, and he's never going to move because he laid down his life to prove that reality. And now that he's raised to life, we can rest assured that when the wolves come in, and they will, the good shepherd will never run away. Skip down to verse number 27 of John chapter 10, where it says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And notice this, this, this phrase here. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Look, there's a pack of wolves on the prowl right now, but your shepherd is by your side, and he's got his cudgel in his hand, and he's not going anywhere. Through his death, he's already defeated the worst wolves of sin and death and the devil, so we can continue to trust him to deal with our, the little wolves that attack us now. Jesus is for you, and he sacrificed himself to prove that is the case. Here's the thing. Trusting in Jesus doesn't mean that you will always be safe in this life. God never promised that. In fact, he promises exactly the opposite. Here's what it says over in the Gospel of Luke. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And some of you, they will put, your health may fail. You may go bankrupt. People may hate you. But not a hair on your head will perish. Look, here's the idea. Trusting Jesus does not guarantee that you will have a nice life. But it does guarantee that you'll have an eternal one. Jesus has rescued us in all the ways that ultimately matter. He doesn't keep us from everything. He doesn't... It, it interrupted for some reason. Okay. Okay, there you go. Connection available. Okay, I'm sorry. Back up there. Jesus may not keep you from everything, but he will keep you from everything that ultimately matters. So during the season of uncertainty, let's rest in the care of the good shepherd. And remember, if you are in his hands, if you are in his flock, if you are under his care, not a hair of your head will perish. You may get the coronavirus. You may be sick. God forbid, maybe some will even die but not a hair of your head will perish if you trust in the protection of the Good Shepherd. So what does this mean for us practically? Well, we've been saying three things kind of through this season that we want to emphasize. One is we want to commune, two, we want to connect, and three, we want to care. So in light of this, what does this mean in following our Good Shepherd? The first thing is this, commune. Continue to use this time to focus on your relationship with your shepherd. Although you may not be with a lot of people right now, you are with him. So capitalize on this time. Be in the word. Be in prayer. Deepen your understanding of who your shepherd is. Second, we want to continue to connect. When Christ saved you, 
He not only became your shepherd, but you became part of a flock. In spite of the fact that we're not gathering together, there are still lots of meaningful ways you can connect with your fellow sheep. Give them a call. Send them a text. I, I don't know. This is crazy. Write a letter. This is amazing. I know some of you have never done that in your life before. <laughs> Be a part of our virtual community group. Though our contact with each other has decreased, we want our commitment to one another to increase. Let me say that again. Though our contact with one another has decreased, we want our commitment to one another to increase. We can't control the scope or duration of this current situation, but we can control our efforts to stay connected with the body and with our fellow sheep. So let's be committed to one another during this. Number three, care. Our shepherd not only shepherds us, but he calls us to be his representatives in the world. So let's make sure that we're taking time to care for the most vulnerable among us. Are there those in your community group who are struggling financially? Be aware of that. Are there folks that may need you to offer some extended care or may be lonely or hurting? Let's be aware of that and care for those who are vulnerable and marginalized this time. Let's increase our commitment together even while our ability to be together decreases. So I want to close out kind of this series and this little talk this morning with prayer. I want to once again call us to pray and lean into who our good shepherd is. And I think a great guide for that would be to go to Psalm chapter 23. So I'm just going to kind of give an offered suggestion for prayer and then read that text and then lead us in a time of prayer together. So Psalm 23, if you're following along in your Bible, let's first of all ask our shepherd to help us remember his character. Here's what the first part of Psalm 23 says. The Lord is my shepherd. I have, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Father, I pray that you would help us to remember your character in this. Would you point our eyes to you and your deep love and care for us? And for those who feel isolated, for those who feel alone, help them to remember that you are leading them. You are at their head you are taking them where they need to go. Help us to focus on who you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Secondly, let's ask our shepherd to protect us and our neighbors. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Father, even though we are in the valley of the shadow of death, even though there are enemies around us, even though this is a trying and difficult time, help us to lean into you and trust you for your protection. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray for our city. I pray for our nation. I pray for our world. I pray that you would stem the tide of this and help people to use this time to run to you to see you as the hope in the midst of darkness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And finally, let's ask the Lord to pour out his favor for the sake of his name so that people would know him in the midst of this difficulty. Look at what it says here. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Lord, I pray that we would see your goodness and faithful love in the midst of this trial, that you would pour out your favor on your people, 
that you would have caused us to go deep with you, to connect with other people. Lord, we need you, and we cry out to you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I pray this little time together would encourage you to run to your shepherd and to see him as the one who cares for you. Let me share with you just a couple of things kind of going on in the life of our church. First of all, as Zach mentioned at the beginning, uh, check out our virtual community groups. If you didn't get plugged in this week or if your group didn't meet and you have questions, feel free to email us at admin at gospelhopechurch.com or zach at gospelhopechurch.com. We'd love to get you connected with a group of people where you can connect with them throughout the week. Second, don't forget about online giving. Maybe you haven't set that account up, but we, we are still doing ministry during this time. It obviously looks different, but we rely on the gifts of God's people. We want to serve our body well. We want to care for our staff well during this time. We want to care for our body well. So continue to give online. You folks have always been so generous, so I want to put that on your radar so we're thinking about that idea. Next, uh, as Zach said at the top, we have daily devotionals. So once again, this week, uh, we'll plan on having several devotional times with Pastor Rod and myself where we're walking through the books of Psalms and just briefly trying to encourage you and challenge you to stay connected to Christ. And then finally, next week, we're going to be beginning a new series called Hope is Alive. We'll be walking through the end of John's gospel about Jesus' final hours, his death and his resurrection as we head into the Easter season.